0: This is the Chillinoi Podcast. Good people don't smoke
1: marijuana. I'm Prison Mike. You know why they call me Prison Mike? Do you really expect us to believe you're somebody Do else? Do you really expect me to not push you up against the wall, Biatch? Well, well, hey, Alright, well, well. hey, 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 yay. Hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. Hello everybody. This is Cole Preston for the Chillinois Podcast.
0: And this is Justine with Candy It's been White. a
1: while. <laughs> yeah sorry justine i didn't mean to cut you off there okay. um where are you from again sorry because i talked over you
0: Can of queens you know Can of
1: queens um so it's been about a month since we've come at you um i think the last time we recorded was on 5 8 so um hello <laughs> um, damn
0: that month went by fast
1: yeah it did there's a Some things going on in the world, eh?
0: Just a few things.
1: Just a few things, that's right. Um, So we're just going to jump right into a discussion that was actually um, inspired by Dana Larson. Um, So Dana Larson is a Canadian author, politician, and cannabis rights activist. Um, He was the editor of Cannabis Culture Magazine from its creation in 1994 until 2005. Um, And he was the founding member of both the Marijuana Party of Canada and the B.C. Marijuana Party. Um, He's a really interesting guy. So if you follow him online, um, he's got a lot of interesting things to say. Um, And actually, this discussion was inspired by his Twitter page. Um, So let's just listen to a clip that was uh, recorded around... uh, I'd say August of last year, Um, and it includes, um, Justine. Who who's in the video? Do you remember his name? It's Jerome.
0: Doctor Jerome Adams, the U.S. Surgeon General.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So the U.S. Surgeon General, Doctor Jerome Adams. It also the first gentleman that speaks. um, Forgive me, I can't remember his name. He introduces Doctor Jerome. Um, Dr. Jerome, just to be candid, um, is the person with, uh, that sounds like he has a slight lisp, um, and he is the U.S. Surgeon General. So let's just, uh, play the clip. And while this clip plays, Justine, I'm going to bring you a, um, pre rolled joint of cannabis.
0: Yes. I love you.
1: We don't know everything we might want to know about this drug, but we do know a number of things. It is a dangerous drug. For many, it can be addictive. We need to be clear. Some states' laws on marijuana may have changed, but the science has not, and federal law has not. Moreover, because the concentration of THC in marijuana has tripled over the past few decades, the science suggests marijuana use carries more risk than ever. Not enough people know that today's marijuana is far more potent than in days past. The amount of THC, the component responsible for euphoria and intoxication, but also for most of marijuana's documented harms, has increased three to five-fold over the last few decades. And that's before you take into account concentrated forms, such as edibles, oils, and waxes, that can increase THC delivery even further by as much as an additional three-fold. Or, as I like to say, This ain't your mother's marijuana. All
0: right. So just to reiterate, this is from uh, Dana Larson, our Canadian cannabis activist friend. Um, And this is just a uh, we're basically we're going to go over a Twitter thread that he posted um, about the myth of cannabis potency. Because I know I've heard a lot of people say that, oh, this isn't the same shit that we smoked back in the 70s. So let's uh, let's get into that. Um, So the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, says that cannabis today is three times stronger than it was in the 90s. Um, And to quote him, this ain't your mother's marijuana. Not enough people know that today's marijuana is far more potent than in days past.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like from that, that the weed that they smoked in the 1990s must have been pretty weak, right? Um but why don't we look at what they were saying about um, cannabis potency? At, you know, in the '90s. So, in 1995, uh, U.S. Drug czar Lee Brown, who was appointed by um, President Bill Clinton, um, he told the media that marijuana is 40 times more potent today than 10. 15 20 years ago
0: and here's what joe biden um so at the time he was the senate judiciary committee chair and he had to say this about um in 1996 about how strong the marijuana had become quote it's like comparing buckshot in a shotgun shell to a laser guided missile sounds (laughs) pretty extreme
1: sounds pretty fun (laughs) i want some of that laser guided missile dope
0: Need some of it, Um,
1: (laughs) so you know. Judging from those two quotes, we would we could say we could maybe assume that. um, Forgive my computer noises. um, We could maybe assume that the 1980s weed was pretty weak, right? Well, let's see what they're talking about in the 80s. Um, The National Institute of Drug Abuse uh, actually was quoted in 1986 as saying. Um, On quote, the potency of marijuana has increased sevenfold in the past 11 years. Smoking one marijuana cigarette is now equivalent to smoking seven cigarettes nine or 10 years ago. Um, Again, that was the National Institute of Drug Abuse in 1986.
0: All right. So if cannabis now is three times stronger than the stuff in the 90s, which was 40 times stronger than the stuff in the 80s, which was seven times stronger than the stuff in 1975, then we can only assume that the weed in the 70s was pretty weak, right? Because you can't compound all that much on potency without having a very low number to begin with.
1: Well, Justine... In 1975, they actually said that weed was 20 times stronger than in the 60s. Um, Paul Harvey, who was a columnist, was quoted as saying that the grass that kids are buying in the schoolyard parking lot for $10 a lid, which um, is a denomination that maybe most people aren't uh, familiar with anymore. Uh, Like I said, uh, the grass kids are buying in the schoolyard parking lot for $10 a lid is not what it used to be the potency of the Jamaican Colombian variety is 15 to 20 times stronger than our 1960s variety.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I actually just recently learned that the term lid means an ounce. And I learned that from my father. Interesting enough. Uh, so there's a link here to an article, um, posted from 1975 saying that marijuana was 20 times stronger than it used to be in the sixties. Um, I want something 20 times stronger than what we have today, please.
1: <laughs> right. So, if we take all of this at face value, then compared to the cannabis of the 1960s, our modern weed is 3 by 40 by 7 by 15 times stronger, which, if my math is right, would make one modern joint equivalent to 12,600 joints of the 1960s variety.
0: Which is also approximately the number of joints that we smoke in a six month period.
1: I would say that that's just about right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, in the 1950s, they were reporting that a puff from a cannabis cigarette could drive people to insanity and murder, and often compared cannabis to heroin in its potency. Is our modern marijuana really 12,600 times stronger than that?
1: I don't know, Justine. Why don't we um, spark up some cannabis and try to answer some of our listeners' frequently asked questions and find out?
0: All and right. See well, if we if can handle
1: this uh, modern cannabis.
0: If it's twelve thousand six hundred times stronger, this may be the end of the podcast.
1: Yeah, I'd say so because we are smoking one joint, and this one joint is um, equivalent to twelve thousand six hundred of those joints that your grandpappy was smoking on back in the fifties. So, well, hell yeah, spark this is up, some good grandpappy. Shit. Hell yeah! Good stuff. Hell yeah! Good stuff. <laughs> Inhale the good shit, exhale the bullshit, as they say. Yes. So, Justine. Yes. Tell me. Um. So, Illinois, we legalize cannabis. Um. But how do I shop at a dispensary? What well, What do I need? What you know? How old do I need to be? All that.
0: So to shop at a dispensary, you do need to be 21 years of age or older um, and possess a valid ID. So that's a state ID or driver's license. You can't use your FOID card to get into a dispensary. Um, And so that's what it takes to get in. The exception to that rule, there is no exception to that rule. Even minors who have their medical cards cannot come into the dispensary. Their caregiver has to.
1: That's if they don't have valid ID to show with their medical cannabis ID correct right so at the end of the day um, you're gonna need valid ID and valid ID is is defined as um, being valid or unexpired your ID of course must be valid it can't be expired and um, it must contain a photograph and the date of birth of the person so In some instances, you could argue maybe that the FOID would work, but I know that uh, dispensaries, the dispensaries at least that I've been to, um, would not accept a FOID. They ask for your ID, um, or if you're a medical cannabis patient, they ask for both. They ask for your medical cannabis card and your ID. Um, and
0: i'm just brain might be a little confused here.
1: if you fo- if you give them a Foid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm just brainstorming here but i believe that you cannot use the Foid card because they can't scan it there's no barcode there or id on there for them to scan to verify that id so sorry about you if that's all you got make it your way over to the dmv get yourself a little state id it's like 30 yeah. bucks
1: I think in order to have a FOId, you have to have an ID so I think I think at the end of the day people if you just bring your driver's license or your state issued ID um, those are really your two solid options yep. um, I've heard of some people possibly being able to use a passport yes um, you know it falls under the valid ID definition with with the idea that it is valid and or unexpired um the other ID the other reason it falls under valid id is because it contains a photograph and the date of birth of the person so
0: right so cole once we get into the dispensary how can we pay
1: yeah so um as i hit my cannabis, um most dispensaries are cash only um and i say most because some accept debit cards for a small fee they charge it as an atm fee um but most are cash only and i would say that you know, if you're trying to pay with other forms, uh, call the location that you plan to visit ahead of time to confirm their accepted forms of payment. Um, but at the end of the day, if you know, you just want to make sure that you go home with cannabis, bring yourself some cash and you will, as long as they're stocked up, you will go home with cannabis. So, um, I don't know if I mentioned it, maybe I did. Um, but this cannabis is 12,600 times stronger. So I forgot, um, some uh, dispensaries have ATMs on site.
0: Right. Um, and so the important thing to remember when it comes to payment is cannabis is still federally illegal. So if you are going to be relying on going through traditional banking systems, those are typically um, a federal institution. So not going to work. But cash is always good.
1: Yeah. And I mean... I've gone to a dispensary in the state of Illinois that has accepted credit cards, but I will tell you that that didn't last long. And, um, that's because of what you're talking about. There's these federal, um, there's these federal guidelines basically. And, um, I mean, so if you operate within those guidelines, you can keep cannabis legal. But of course, like you said, um, at a state level, you can keep cannabis legal. But like, as you said, um, it's illegal on the federal level. So um, that's why you can't use a federally insured bank um, or any related services. So credit cards fall under that um, definition. So that's why I say debit cards only, because really, um, really what they're doing is, like I say, it's a... Uh, they charge you a small fee, um, and I don't know if I mentioned it, but the small fee is an ATM fee because at the end of the day, what they're basically doing is running your card in the ATM and just taking the cash out of it. So um, it's kind of a loophole, if you will, um, but that that's kind of what's going on, and that's a little bit of the backstory as to why um, it works that way. And, um, you know, there's been federal... Uh, uh banking cannabis legislation on the um floor you know it's been put up for a vote quite a few times it's not passed um i believe it's in the current if it i don't know if it's been put up to a vote yet um or not but it's in the coronavirus relief um bill i believe the um it was added um as part of that uh the federal you know to so that you could work with banks so kind of stammering all over the place, but you guys get it. Um, so Justine, what are the, um, possession limits in Illinois?
0: All right. So if you live here, if you are a resident of Illinois, you can possess 30 grams of flour in addition to five grams of concentrate in addition to 500 milligrams of edibles. Um, so you can theoretically walk around with a little over an ounce of flour, uh, five grams of concentrate, Then about 500 milligram edibles in your backpack and you're going to be just fine. Um, But if you don't live in Illinois, if you're one of our out of state residents, um, your limits are cut in half. Um, So move to Illinois, I guess. But you can have 15 grams of flour in addition to two and a half grams of concentrate in addition to um, 250 milligrams of edibles. So you're looking at a little over a half ounce of flour, um, two and a half grams of concentrate. And if you had 200 milligram edibles and then like a 50 milligram tonic or something in your backpack and you got stopped, you're okay. Um, as long as you are holding it all correctly, um, or rather packaging it all correctly. Uh, but we'll get into that here in just a moment. Um, If you are a Illinois medical cannabis patient, your possession limit or allotment, it's listed right there on your card down towards the bottom. Um, So always keep your card on you. If you're a medical patient, that's just good, solid advice is always have your medical card on you. Um, And most people, when you sign up for the program, you start out like mine at 2.5 ounces every 14 days that you can purchase. Um, but there is, there are ways to get your limits increased if you find that that is not doing enough for you medically. Um, but some language from the actual law here.
1: And I'm going to steal your, I'm going to steal your thunder on this one. Um, just cause I like, yeah, I just love reading law just cause I wanted to tease what we're going to talk about here in a little bit here later. Um, you know, all of that, first of all, um, all of that is inspired by the law, but our definitions or our, um, interpretation, interpretation rather, um, is coming from Illinois normal. So I wanted to be clear about that, that, you know, we're not lawyers. Um, I'm a 23 year old pothead without a college degree. And, um, Justine is 21 years old (laughs) and uh, has a master's degree in botany. Uh, So um, (laughs) none of that is
0: true, everybody. None of that is true.
1: So but I wanted to be clear that, you know, a lot of this stuff is legal and uh, um, some of it is um, going to be left to precedent. In other words, we're just going to have to see how some of it plays out. Uh, But for the most part, these are guidelines that that were given to us from lawyers involved with Illinois Normal. So, um, and, and this is something that um, we can actually link to a radio show that uh, goes over a lot of these answers um, and is actually, it includes one of the main board members of Normal, um, Kel- Kelvin McCabe. Um, but to tease what we were going to talk about uh, just in a little bit, um, just with regards to possession limit, you know, um, medical cannabis patients have the right to cultivate cannabis at home. So, like she, like Justine mentioned, um, your allotment and possession limit are listed on your card, and that will help you you know um, with making purchases at the dispensary and transporting that product. Um, but at home, you know, obviously now we have the right to grow cannabis. and um, with our limits, you know, the standard limit for a medical cannabis patient is two and a half ounces. And I'm sorry, but if I did a bad job on a plant, I think we would yield two and a half ounces. So, And that's if I did a bad job. If I did a good job, we'd end up with a lot more. And that's why I'm really happy to read to you that um, any amount of cannabis produced in excess of 30 grams um, or its equivalent must remain secured within the residence or residential property in which it was grown. And what this means is... Um, if you read between the lines and if this is not me, I want to be clear about this because again, I'm not a lawyer, but what this means is, and this is according to Kelvin McCabe, actually at the board of normal, um, Illinois medical cannabis patients do not have a possession limit at home. Um, again, any, um, amount of cannabis that was cultivated at home in excess of 30 grams, must be secured within the residence, so you need to make sure you do that so that um, you know kids can't get a hold of it or somebody that you know I don't know breaks in your house or a maintenance worker I don't know that so that they don't have a chance to to take such a large quantity of cannabis. That's I think the idea behind that provision. Um, but I wanted to just tease that Illinois medical cannabis patients do have the right to grow. Um, and with regards to their possession limits, since we were talking about that topic, um, you know, we don't, we don't really have a possession limit at home at least. So, um, Justine, can you tell us where we're not allowed to possess cannabis though? Cause there are, um, some places that you're not allowed to possess, possess cannabis.
0: Correct. So any federal land within Illinois, such as natural park service areas. Um, so sorry if you were planning a big smoke out down at Shawnee National Forest. That's illegal. Um, any Section 8 government funded housing. Uh, so in parks, recreation areas, wildlife areas or playgrounds owned whole or in part or leased um, that are managed by the state can't have any cannabis there or when you are traveling across state borders so when you get your cannabis in illinois it needs to stay in illinois uh so that's the bad news but cole what about the good news where can we possess it
1: um so yeah
0: specifically cannabis that (laughs) is not purchased from a
1: dispensary yeah. So um, your question, I think you're trying to ask me is, it, it, are people allowed to possess cannabis that was not purchased from a dispensary? It's that 12,600
0: maybe... times stronger joint. It's just getting to me. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay. I was going to say, maybe you said that clearly and I was not hearing you clearly or, but I just wanted to make sure that people understood the question. So yeah. um It's a great question, and it it is one that gets asked all the time. Again, these are our frequently asked questions. So um, an adult possessing cannabis within their possession limits is considered um, lawful in the state of Illinois. So some police organizations have been making social media posts and public statements claiming um, that, on quote, the only legal cannabis that you can possess must be purchased from a dispensary. And the simple fact is that that is not accurate. The language of the bill um, said that there's no civil or criminal offense for someone who possesses cannabis within their possession limit. This is straight from Kelvin McCabe, um, an attorney that is on the Illinois board of normal or sorry, board of directors uh, for Illinois normal. Um, and so if law enforcement asks you where you obtained your legal cannabis, just politely and firmly decline where to discuss it came from. Um Let me reiterate that. If if law enforcement asks you where to, uh, sorry, where you obtained your legal cannabis, please politely and firmly decline to discuss where it came from. And this is because, you know, the location that your legal cannabis came from is not relevant. At the end of the day, you are legally allowed to possess cannabis. I just want to reiterate that you may not possess cannabis on any federal land within Illinois, such as National Park Service areas. Um, or in Section 8 government-funded housing. This is because cannabis is federally illegal. Um, You may not possess cannabis in parks, recreation areas, wildlife areas, or playgrounds that are owned in whole or part, or leased, um, or just managed by the state. And again, you cannot take your cannabis um, out of the state. So, you know, in Indiana, um, there's a... There's actually a dispensary that just opened up in Danville, which is not far from the Indiana state border. Um, You know, you can't just come here and you can't just come here and get the (laughs) cannabis and take it out. (laughs) So legally you cannot come here and take and get cannabis and and leave with it. Let's be honest. That's what's going to happen. I'll be honest. That's what I did when our state wasn't legal at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. But what I'm telling you is that uh, that's interstate trafficking, and Indiana, as if you're from Indiana or any of these states, really around us, um, Missouri's a little bit better. I think they've got medical. Actually, Iowa has medical too. I think even Kentucky has medical now. I'm not. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. But um, you know, Indiana for sure is not a cannabis-friendly state, and so you you just need to be careful. At the end of the day, don't take cannabis out of the state. It's just not a good idea. Um, You can get in trouble, in big trouble, but uh, you get it. You get it. So um, when buying weed in Illinois, I know that I have to show my ID, but Justine, does the dispensary record the purchaser's names and address in a database of any kind?
0: Uh, By law, they cannot share your information Um, unless you tell them that they can. So they're not going to sell your information. They do take your ID. They do scan it. Um, But to protect personal privacy, the Department of Financial and Professional Regulation, also known as IDFPR, uh, shall not require a purchaser to provide a dispensing organization with personal information other than government-issued identification to determine the purchaser's age and a dispensary and a dispensing organization shall not obtain and record personal information about a purchaser without the purchaser's consent. A dispensing organization shall use an electronic reader or electronic scanning device to scan a purchaser's government issued identification, if applicable, to determine the purchaser's age and validity of identification. Um, Any identifying or personal information of a purchaser obtained or received in accordance with the section shall not be retained, used, shared, or disclosed for any purpose except as authorized by this act. So basically, when you go into the dispensary, they're going to take your ID, they're going to scan it, um, and that is simply to identify you and to make sure that you're legal. But past that, your information is not stored. It's not sold to anybody. Um, they can't give it out to anybody unless you give your express consent. Um, so don't worry about going into some police database or, you know, anything like that. When you purchase cannabis, you're, you're fine. You're legal. You're allowed to be there um, and they're not going to give your information away.
1: Yeah, and so one of the keys um, I think to take away from this is that, um, you know, um, they the dispensing organization shall not obtain and record personal information about a purchaser without the purchaser's consent. What you guys have to realize is that when they ask you if you'd like to sh- sign up for a loyalty program, that's a- that's them asking you for your consent. Um, to store some information about you. That's how they that's how they have your loyalty points, right? Um, but at the end of the day, um, that I would assume is a purpose that is authorized by. The act that this bill refers to if you recall uh, justine was reading it and she said that any identifying or personal information of a purchaser obtained or received in accordance with this section shall not be retained used shared or disclosed for any purpose except as authorized by this act i think except as authorized by this act there's probably um you know a note or subsect about um loyalty programs and so that you can do that which is which is awesome at the end of the day but i just wanted to say that so that people understand that um and uh yeah so uh, let's go on to the next question justine what's the next question that we have
0: um so how do i legally transport cannabis in a motor vehicle within the state of illinois
1: oh this is a good one because i actually have a clip of a law enforcement officer um, speaking about this. So, uh, to be completely transparent, it's being argued that the law needs to be clear with regard to how to comply with the law with regards to legally transporting cannabis within the state of Illinois. Generally speaking, though, it seems that adults can possess cannabis in their motor motor vehicle if it is in a sealed, odor-proof, and child-resistant container. Most people are saying that you should transport cannabis in the same way that you generally transport a firearm, which seems to generally mean out of arms reach by the driver of the vehicle. So the language of the law um, reads that no driver may use cannabis within the passenger area of any motor vehicle upon a highway in this state. No driver may possess cannabis within any area of any motor vehicle upon a highway in this state except in a sealed, odor-proof, child-resistant cannabis container. Um, so that's key. Um, sealed, odor-proof, and child-resistant. Now, sealed means that you've got it properly closed. Odor-proof, um, I'm sorry, but there's no such thing as odor-proof. Justine, you uh, will break it to the audience if we haven't already. You used to work at a dispensary. Correct. Can I ask you, um, did it smell when you guys got product? Could you smell the cannabis when you guys received product?
0: Like absolute dank, yes.
1: Yeah. And so um, really quick, we're going to play a clip um, from a law enforcement officer that seems to think that um, the provision is that it's sealed, odor-proof, child resistant and tamper evident which is not in the law um and it's it's a misconception that law enforcement has um and the reason it's a problem and the reason that i uh confronted this officer i guess on a public forum and corrected him rather not confronted but corrected him on a in a public forum is because it's um seriously misleading and um you know, it could it could potentially get somebody in trouble, or it could make somebody act in a way that they shouldn't. So, um, let's just play the clip, and then we will um, we'll talk about it. Can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned that it needs to be in a sealed, odor-proof, child-resistant, and traceable container. Is that for or everywhere? that's everywhere. If you're in the state of Illinois, that's the law. Because gotcha. you're in Chicago, Cairo, Champaign, Urbana. I, the law. I just have the law in front of me, and it only says sealed, odor-proof, and child-resistant. It says nothing about traceable. It is a gray area in the law. Understood. So I was high and was recalling that he said tamper evident, um, but it's traceable that he's saying. And, and that's my point still stands. It's um, It can cause a lot of confusion, and again, it can cause somebody to act in a way that they wouldn't. Um, and the reason that it is a problem is because, well, basically what you're saying by saying that it's got to be in a traceable container is that um, medical cannabis patients cannot transport their homegrown medicine. And that's obviously a problem. Um, I don't know where they grab this language. Um, it's, uh, it's either, I mean, it's not in the bill, so it's, it's either thin air or out of their ass because that language is nowhere in the bill and so for those reasons i felt like it was important to correct uh the officer and we actually had a conversation after the fact and um hey you guys can hear our little kitty um this is a kitty cuomo um you can't see him but he is just the cutest thing and uh he wanted to join me for the recording of this podcast so um (laughs) But yeah, I had a conversation with that law enforcement officer and at the time he was actually pretty surprised to hear that traceable wasn't in the language of the law, which, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's not like they have time to sit around reading the law all day, um, which, you know, um, can be troublesome to think about considering that they're enforcing the law, you know, maybe they're not first on the law, but we'll put that aside for now, um, One of the things he was uh, also, you know, surprised to learn was the odor proof idea that, you know, cannabis, it's not sold in odor proof containers. And and frankly, there's no such thing as odor proof containers. And I was able to drill home that point because he was a canine officer. He actually made his name off of, uh, you know, running canines in this state. So um, I'm hoping for a continued conversation with that officer. Um, We had a conversation before COVID really, um, the COVID situation, situation accelerated. Um, And so he was actually going to bring, uh, you know, some of the ideas that we had back to a a conversation with all the local chief of police and uh, Illinois state police. And I believe the state's attorney um, so that maybe they can make amends uh, to this situation. So this is the good thing about having somebody. As loud-mouthed as I am, is that you know if somebody talks and says something to somebody that can see reason, um, they'll do their part in um conveying that logic, you know, and or relaying that logic rather so that we can see some action because uh, the end of the day this is bullshit, so and it can get people in trouble. Um, so um, that was a little bit longer than I expected on that topic, but. Um i had, I guess I had a lot to say, um, oh, you and once again, <laughs> and here again, that tw- you know this cannabis being what is it twelve thousand times stronger just doesn't really help m- my case, so um, where can I legally enjoy cannabis at Justine? Where can uh, I legally smoke this stuff
0: so our friend Kelvin McCabe from the board of directors of the Illinois chapter of Normal said. Uh, There is a prohibition on public consumption. However, we do not know how this will be enforced. So prior to the bill passing, a lot of different jurisdictions had created ordinance violations for cannabis use in public. So we assume if jurisdictions will enforce public consumption at all, it will be similar to getting a traffic ticket there's not a specific penalty within the legalization statute that does, that sets a penalty for public consumption. To be clear, the statute does prohibit consumption. However, it does not go into detail what the repercussion of public consumption is. Uh, So in short, it is illegal to consume it in public, but there doesn't seem to be a clear penalty for that type of activity yet. So, um, not encouraging you to go spark up in front of a cop or anything just because you can. Because uh, you are going to get a ticket and that fine can vary. So be careful. Um, there are, however, rules in place for in for certain contexts in which cannabis consumption is definitely illegal. This includes inside of a motor vehicle. So don't smoke in your car. Within the vicinity of minors. Um, so not around any... Kids or nieces, nephews, your own children, don't do it. Um, There's not a legal definition for what is considered a legal vicinity to consume in the presence of minors, so tread carefully. Uh, We expect there to be changes and tweaks to the law. The reality of the matter is that people are going to consume in public, especially considering the fact that the bill that legalized cannabis included a measure that made public consumption lounges legal. So, even though we didn't get our great 420 smoke out this year, um if we can find the right location, it can happen next year as long as nobody's smoking in their car, nobody's bringing any kids. Um and always exercise caution always so with that being said um specifically Cole can I smoke in my porch or backyard
1: so we're just going to keep referencing our friend Kelvin McCabe who serves on the board of directors uh for the Illinois chapter of normal because he was just great and again we'll um we'll try to I was looking online I don't think that the episode that um Kelvin was on um is is up anymore he was on a radio show called silver civil liberties and I can't remember the rest of the name. I'll, I'll post, um, I'll post a link in if I can find a link in our podcast description, but he was on a radio show. I've got it recorded personally. I don't know that it's online anymore as well, but, um, if it's not online, I, you know what I'll do. I'll throw it on our new YouTube channel. Um, so that people can continue to learn and benefit from the information so um we do have a new youtube channel check it out um we'll have some hot new content by hot new content i mean i'll be uh doing some stripping on the uh youtube channel no i'm joking uh you can we're forward have... all
0: venmo payments to me for that one thank you
1: <laughs> Yep. um we'll be having like grow guides um, product reviews, which includes cannabis, you know, legal cannabis in the state of Illinois. We'll try to review some of that. We've reached out to some local reviewers so that maybe they can contribute some of their content. We're looking to review, um, some dispensaries, um, cannabis related products, of course we'll review. Um, but we'll also just have, um, in the future, maybe a video podcast, you know, the video side of this, um, and, and, you know, the, the possibilities are limitless. So if you would like to contribute to the YouTube channel, um, feel, feel free to reach out. Um, just go to chillanoi.net slash contact um, and you can send me an email um, and we can get to working together. So um, anyways, you had asked me, <clears throat> can I smoke on my back? porch or back in my backyard right um it really depends on which city you're in so for example the mayor of the city of chicago has instructed chicago pd not to bother a citizen that is enjoying cannabis on their front or back porch um so the reason that we cannot give you a clear answer on whether or not this action is lawful is because it's currently being debated this is something that we referenced earlier a lot of this stuff is left up to precedent so um, it seems that the law is not very clear because on one hand, it says you must use cannabis in a place that you cannot be observed by the general public. But on the other hand, public consumption lounges are legally permissible. So it's a gray area that will have to be addressed. And the safe answer is that it really depends on the city that you're in. So maybe go to your local city hall meetings, try to get a statement from your mayor on how um, your local police department will enforce Um, consumption laws specifically as it relates to smoking on your front or back porch or in your front or backyard. Um, I would ask all those questions, by the way, not just the front and back porch, but yards. I mean, at the end of the day, I uh, come from a small town and people mow the yard with a beer in the uh, cup holder. So I don't see any reason that, uh, you know, within reason somebody can't do that um on cannabis so um yeah controversial opinion maybe but uh, i think you should be able to smoke weed while you mow your lawn you know you're moving into speed at five miles an hour sue me um well <laughs> just, plus
0: you're not getting grass blades in your beer gross
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um i just can't drink a beer you know we've got these nice little um yeti style koozies i think that maybe would change the game but I've just never been a could never drink beer outside it gets too it's it too warm too fast and i know that some of you macho men out there are saying well you gotta drink it faster but uh no i no thank you i'm i'm good i'm not a huge fan of the alcohol um you guys know what i'm a fan on fan of um so justine um can i smoke in my apartment
0: So the answer depends on the agreement that you have with your landlord. Typically, no, you cannot smoke cannabis in your apartment if your landlord has a policy against smoking cigarettes. Property owners reserve the right to set their own policies with regard to smoking cannabis on site. So the safe answer is ask your landlord. (laughs) They'll be able to tell you if it's okay. Um, An excerpt from the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act gives them this right. Nothing in the act may be construed to require any person or establishment in lawful possession of property to allow a guest client, leasee customer or visitor to use cannabis in on or in that property, including on any land owned in whole or in part or managed in whole or in part by the state. So um, again, that goes back to the section eight housing can't smoke in there um because that's owned by the state and ran by the government so if you have any doubts check your lease and if it says you can't smoke cigarettes you might be out of luck but maybe you can uh appeal to your landlord i mean cannabis is legal now so it's not an automatic no i wouldn't say um try it out let us know how it goes but uh, Cole, can I gift you some cannabis? Is that legal?
1: Yeah, so, um, before we get into this, we consulted with Kelvin on this one as well, um, to formulate our interpretation of the law because it's a little, it's a little muddy, um, but, you know, let's say your buddy has a birthday coming up and you ask yourself, can I buy them a joint? I think that they would like that as a birthday present. The answer um, to that question, is yes, you can gift cannabis, but there's a few conditions to gifting cannabis. Um, the party receiving gifts must be 21, and the gift uh, must not exceed the total allowed in their possession limit. So if you give somebody from Indiana an ounce of cannabis, um, that's obviously a problem because they, as a um out of state um person you know resident yeah out of state resident um they have a possession limit of 15 grams so um you know gifting them 30 would put them over their possession limit and um would put them out of compliance with the law so um If you look in the Illinois Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, which, by the way, is the, is the law. That's the recreational cannabis law. Um, uh, there is a section entitled casual delivery, and casual delivery is defined as delivering cannabis to another with no money exchanging hands. The law stipulates that the penalty for casual delivery is the penalty for possession, and the, p- the penalty for possession is as follows. Um, if you have 30 grams or less, there's no penalty. No incarceration time, and a max fine is zero dollars. So, in other words, um, you know, there there is no penalty. <laughs> um, that's that's what's it. That's it's such a weird thing. But um, the penalty for casual delivery, which is defined as you know delivering cannabis to another with no money exchanging hands, is the penalty for possession, and the penalty for possession is that as long as you don't exceed your possession limit, you have no penalty, no incarceration time, and max fine of zero dollars. Um, I really want to be clear that you guys should tread lightly. Um, Michigan, for example, is pre- they've got a pretty vibrant, gifting community. I would love to see that here at the end of the day because the end of the day, I believe that more people need access to cannabis. But... Um, I just don't want you guys to become an example. And so for that reason, I don't think that you should just start saying, hey, you know, you buy this t-shirt, I'll gift you some cannabis. I don't think that you should be that explicit about it. I think that, um, I think that you should tread lightly if you plan on gifting, I guess. Um, so I want to be clear though, <clears throat> um, if you're a medical cannabis patient, You cannot gift any cannabis that was purchased from a dispensary, um, at least medical cannabis. Um, That, you know, that medical cannabis is allotted to you. That's why you have an allotment. And there's actually a legal term, Justine, that you've called people out on um, in the past. Fortunately, it was probably few and far between. Um, But what's that legal term for giving away medical cannabis? Deferral. <clears throat> yeah, and that's illegal for all intents and purposes. Um,
0: Basically, non out. people who I'm are sorry. not medical patients cannot have medical allotted cannabis.
1: So, Justine, can I legally grow my own cannabis?
0: Well, if you are an Illinois medical cannabis patient that are that is twenty one years of age or older, as we are then you can and that is sponsored by the white noise that you probably hear behind me from our giant grow tent we got a a couple little babies going um so cannabis plants shall not be stored or placed in a location where they are subject to ordinary public view as defined in the act so ours are safely in a big black tent that is away from the window that we keep the blinds down all the time, so nobody's going to see it. Um, A registered qualifying patient who cultivates cannabis under this section shall take reasonable precautions to ensure the plants are secure from unauthorized access, including unauthorized access by a person under 21 years of age, which we don't Have anybody under the age of 21 coming here ever. Um, So we're good. On June 25th, 2019, our governor, J.B. Pritzker, signed the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act into the law, which took effect on January 1st, 2020. Um, And according to that law, cannabis cultivation may occur only on a residential property lawfully in possession of the cultivator or with the consent of the person in lawful possession of the property. An owner or leaser of residential property may prohibit the cultivation of cannabis by a lessee. Um, a dwelling, residence, apartment, condominium unit, incl- enclosed, locked space, or piece of property not divided into multiple dwelling units shall not contain more than five plants at one time cannabis plants may only be tended by registered qualifying patients who reside in the residence or their authorized agent attending to the residence for brief periods such as when the qualifying patient is temporarily away from the residence so if you go out of town and your only friend that you trust to take care of your plants is not a medical patient it's okay they can take care of, they can water your plants for a few days
1: and and actually it's uh, your just your caregiver not any any friend So I just wanted to jump in and.
0: Oh yeah. um, Okay. They're authorized agent. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Caregiver. So sorry, your buddy can't water your plants. Um, (laughs) If
1: your buddy's your caregiver, he can.
0: Yes. Um, Yes. Um, a registered qualifying patient who cultivates more than the allowable number of cannabis plants or who sells or gives away cannabis plants, cannabis or cannabis infused products produced under this section is liable for penalties as provided by law including the Cannabis Control Act, in addition to loss of home cultivation privileges as established by the rule. So if you if we grew these plants and then just gave it all away to our friends, we could lose our medical cards. So sorry. Sorry, friends. Um, an adult who is not a registered medical cannabis patient that cultivates less than five plants is guilty of a civil violation punishable by a maximum fine of $200. So growing without having your medical card, it's not going to be some crazy thing as long as you keep it under control. Um, But I still wouldn't encourage it. I mean, I don't have an extra 200 bucks laying around to pay a fine. And Uh, and the other
1: thing is that, um, you know, it says that it's a maximum fine of $200 and that's for cultivation. But here again, um, if your possession limit is 30 grams, um, you know, if, if I grew, oh, that was our cat smacking our microphone. <laughs> um, he does not want me to record right now. Um, if I grew, um, one plant and, and really tried to kill it, I think I could yield, um, still over 30 grams. So if you're growing five plants, um, I, here's the thing we just have to see how this plays out in court. And my thing is, is that I wouldn't be hard pressed to see them weigh that product. Not only give you that $200 fine, but they're going to weigh that product. And when they find, so one of the things that we didn't touch on earlier, um, that Justine, you mentioned we should, and just let's wrap around to it. Um, is that if you know, you're in possession of more than 30 grams for your first, for your first offense, Um, That's a misdemeanor with incarceration time of one year and maximum fines of $2,500. And on your subsequent offense, you will get a felony with incarceration time between one and three years with a maximum fine of $25,000. So unfortunately, cannabis is legal, but it's not that legal. Um, (laughs) I like putting it that way because at the end of the day, I think that possession limits are bullshit. Um, I think that you should be able to possess as much cannabis as you'd like. Um, but that's not the case. And until it is, you guys need to be careful. So, um, I wanted to make that clear. I wanted to make that abundantly clear.
0: Yeah. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe you don't know this particular information, but, um, when they are weighing your plants to determine how much you are possessing, they're not trimming the buds off of them and weighing that. They're weighing your plants roots and all. Um, so that is really, I mean, there's there's no way that your plant is going to come out to less than 30 grams. No way. And,
1: and if they're pulling it out of the soil, if you're growing cannabis, you know that's going to be wet weight, which is a lot more than what you come out to with dry weight and so i just don't think that it's it's worth um it's worth it's not worth the risk right now so um justine since we have the right to grow where can we buy our seeds
0: well um
1: or can can i buy seeds yes like how do how do i grow
0: You can. Um, So according to the law, adult registered qualifying patients may purchase cannabis seeds from a dispensary for the purpose of home cultivation. Seeds may not be given or sold to any other person. So if you're a medical patient, keep your eye out. I haven't seen any dispensaries um, really advertising that they're selling seeds, but sometimes you find them in your eighths. If you're lucky, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, though, it it just sucks. You know, it, it'd be nice to see, like, because if you find an, a seed in your eighth, there's no guarantee that it's feminized. Um, it'd be nice to find, you know, to have options for feminized seeds for auto flowering, um, you know, strains. Um, I, it's hilarious. You know, yes, we have the right to grow, um, but we're forced to acquire our genetics through immaculate conception at this point because um, seeds are not available at the places that you're legally allowed to purchase seeds from. Correct. So I think that's pretty crazy.
0: All right, let's talk about guns and cannabis.
1: Yeah. So there are some rumors flying around and they've been flying around since I think the inception of this medical cannabis program. Um, but it's even happened in other states with, with medical cannabis programs. Um, the rumors are that you can't possess guns or you know, your FOID or CCL will be revoked because of your cannabis use, and this is not true. However, we should note that the Illinois State Police have stated that they reserve the right to revoke a FOID, in, uh, to revoke a FOID or CCL in cases of abuse or habitual use, and um, according to um, a user on our subreddit, um, Illinois law defines habitual as three or more class X offenses of the same type, and addiction requires that same proof, uh, actually with a deposition um, given by a mental health care pro- professional or records of your own incarceration in a mental health facility for addiction. So, you know, if you're at, if you're found to be a habitual user of cannabis, you've violated some pretty serious laws already and are probably in jail for a really long time <laughs> um, you know your access to firearms at that point would probably be the least of your concerns um, one fact that I can report is that um, if you are a registered medical cannabis patient you will be unable to purchase a firearm from an FFL as you will fill the back uh, the federal background check um, and so if you don't know what an FFL is that's Basically, any box store, so you know, Dick's Sporting Goods, Walmart, um, your local shooting range, any Rural King, um, Farm and Fleet, um, (laughs) you know, any legal retailer um, at gun shows. There is a lot of legal retailers there, there, but you can't purchase from them. You can't purchase from um, Smith and Wesson you know, in any, anything, any, um, weapons purchase where you're going to be put through a federal background check, you cannot do what you can do at this point is a, um, private sale. And, uh, that's, that's all you can do. Um, and that is of course, because private sales do not require, um, that you go through the federal background check. It just requires that you do like a transfer on the back end, uh, on Illinois State Police's uh, website. So, if you're a registered medical cannabis patient, you can only purchase firearms via private sale. So, if you're planning to get your medical cannabis card and you're wanting to get some firearms, I would recommend that you get those firearms before you get your medical cannabis card because there's no, um, there doesn't seem to be anything in the works to correct this issue. Um, fortunately, there's a question on the federal background check that specifically asks if you use um or are addicted to cannabis and and if you answer that question honestly they're going to deny you and if you answer that, if you lie about it um illinois state police are going to send they're just going to send the information that you are indeed an illinois, illinois medical cannabis patient to whoever does the background check. And at that point you will be denied. So I've heard about people that have tried and been denied. So um, if you're looking to get your card and you'd like guns, I would recommend, or you want guns, I recommend getting those guns before getting your medical cannabis card. So um, Justine, um, we try to advocate for the responsible use of cannabis here. And I try to push people to a subreddit um, that I think is realistic, um, and just um, very helpful. Uh, w- you know, with folks that feel that they're uh, feel that they have a problem involving cannabis, like addiction. So um, the subreddit is RPTeals, and that's R. So that's the r slash obviously it's it's a reddit p-e-t-i-o-l-e-s um and like i say they've got a realistic perspective on cannabis they you know realize that cannabis is not for everybody but it's also not the devil's lettuce adults can choose to use it responsibly or not and we encourage you to do whatever you're comfortable with um but at the end of the day like i say if you want some um, advice on how to responsibly incorporate cannabis into your lifestyle, I uh, recommend you checking out R-P-E-T-I-O-L-E-S uh, for a realistic perspective on cannabis and they can give you some advice. Um, you know, there are other people that struggle with substance abuse issues, specifically with cannabis. And uh, if you feel like you're struggling with issues like that, there's no reason for you not to reach out to somebody for help. So,
0: right. There's also the subreddit Leaves, L E A V E S. Um, and that is kind of a, a subsect of the original main trees subreddit. Um, and Leaves is specifically for people who are trying to quit smoking cannabis. So, um, we love. Our entire community, but we understand that sometimes people struggle and not everybody can incorporate cannabis as responsibly into their lives as others. So if you feel like you need a break and you need some support, check out Leaves. And there's a lot of people over there that are really open and ready to listen and ready to help.
1: Uh, yeah, and I don't. I'll just be honest, and this might be our first agreement on air, disagreement on air. But I don't recommend people go to Leaves because I feel like they don't have a realistic perspective on cannabis. Like I feel like a lot too of those. Hateful. I think a lot of those folks, yeah, are are actually believe that cannabis there's there's a problem with it instead of a problem with maybe someone's mental health or, uh, you know. The, if they've got substance abuse issues, maybe maybe that's their problem. I I think that instead they blame it on cannabis, you know. And um, it it's it's just it's a different approach. I just noticed that um they seem to be a little bit more negative there, and that's why uh, I believe that that PTLs was created uh, was because they you know they have a realistic perspective. They're not trying to tell you to quit using cannabis. They're trying to tell you um, how to responsibly use cannabis. And I think that's key. And that's, that's at the the core of our mission is really at, the Ch- at Chilanoi is how to responsibly incorporate cannabis, um, you know, into your life. And so leaves is a good resource and I'm glad you brought it up for that reason, but, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up so that we could have this dispute, so to say, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, I don't agree with the direction of leaves a lot of the time, or maybe the, maybe not the direction of the subreddit because of course um, the subreddit is comprised of many different people. So maybe what I mean to say is I don't agree with the direction that the crowd goes. A lot of times Mm -hmm. Um, I just find that the people at PTL seem to be a little nicer (laughs) and realistic. That's why that's, that's all that's, really it is that they just seem to be realistic that in the sense that it's like, you know, cannabis, um, it's not that big of a deal, you know, and if you're having problems with it here, we'll help you, you know, we'll kind of give you some tips, um, to deal with those issues, but it's not the same as heroin. And sometimes I get that drift from leaves. That's all. And I've heard differently though. You're not the only one that says that they, you know, have been to leaves before. So it's not a bad place. I just don't particularly think it's a great place. <laughs> so so if I'm a non-citizen of the United States, Justine, am I allowed to purchase cannabis? I'm aware that cannabis is considered illegal by federal law.
0: Yeah, technically, as long as you have a valid ID and are over 21, um, you are allowed to purchase cannabis. But... um There are a lot of people, including the state of Illinois, that recommend that non-citizens consult their immigration attorney before they purchase legal cannabis. Um, So the safe route is don't do it. But if you want to go so far as to talking to your immigration attorney about it, go for it. Uh, So, Cole, how do we get our medical cannabis card?
1: Yeah, so if, if you want to qualify, um, if you want to sign up and register, rather, for a medical cannabis card, you must have a qualifying condition. If you'd like to see the list of qualifying conditions, just go to the Illinois Department of Health's website, and you'll find an updated list of conditions. Um, they recently updated the list to include IBS, migraines, autism, so um, the list is becoming more... Um, the program, rather, is becoming more open. Um, the state also recently instituted an, o- instituted an opioid alternative program. So if you want more information on that, that's available on Illinois Department of Health's website. Um, and so basically with that, if you've got an opioid, you can get um, a 90-day pass into the opioid alternative program. That is the main difference with the two programs. The Opioid Alternative Program, um, your certification only lasts for 90 days. And I do believe you're not able to change your medical cannabis dispensary during those 90 days, which is kind of crazy. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of crazy. Um, I would recommend if you have opioids and you're, you're realistically looking at replacing your opioids with cannabis, Um, I would just get the card, um, because if you've got opioids, you probably have a condition that qualifies. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, the the opioid alternative program's great, but I really think that what it's, its place is for somebody that maybe had, like, you know, hurt their shoulder, and they had to use, you know, some prescription opioids for a period of six months, and, and they feel like maybe they're, developing a problem and so on the tail end of that six months they can get a certification for medical cannabis to maybe um, substitute that medicine um, so that the problem maybe you nip the the problem in the bud so to say what um,
0: I saw with the um, OAPP patients that I interacted with um, it was generally people who had been on opioids for quite a while who no longer wanted to be on them. So the doctor was giving them um, access to the OAPP as kind of a a trial period to see if cannabis would be a good alternative. And then once they get through that initial um, 30 days, 90 days, whatever it is, um, then they can they go back to their doctor and reassess. And a lot of times the doctors do end up signing them up for the regular medical cannabis pilot
1: program. Gotcha. Yeah, I figured that only made sense. So um, if you want to read the official FAQ that was created by the state of Illinois, um, and actually that's the Illinois State Department of Human Services, uh, just go to letstalkcannabisil.com, which is kind of funny. That's my... U- Reddit username, um, so it's like the states are reaching out to me. Let's talk. Um, uh, so yeah, that's once again that's let's talk cannabis dot com, and uh, they'll give you you know from their perspective what's legal and what's not, what you need to know about cannabis use, some safety tips for parents and expecting moms, and again, this is all from the perspective of uh, the Department of Human Services in the state of Illinois. So. Um. Yeah, that was that's awesome. That's that was that was uh all of our frequently asked questions. And uh, if you'd like to kind of go over the these questions, uh, just go to slash faq and uh, you'll find all these questions and answers uh, that we went over during the podcast, um, including some of the language from the law. Um, and uh, that link to. Um, The FAQ from the Illinois Department of Human Services is there, as well as uh, a link to the Illinois chapter of Normal. Actually, it's a link just to normal.org so that you can bounce to your local chapter um, so that you can get connected. I definitely recommend getting connected with your local chapter of Illinois, and I definitely recommend checking out our website, chillinois.net, because it's fucking awesome. It allows you to connect with our community, um, so if you want to get onto our Reddit or onto our discord, uh, there are links just, you know, if you go to chillanoid.net and scroll down just a little bit, there's links to our Reddit and discord. Um, and it's also the home to our podcast, which I'm not going to go over our podcast. Cause if you're listening to it, you know about it. So, um, the only thing I wanted to reiterate that was new, um, is that we've got a YouTube channel now, and I hope to, fill that up with some content very soon maybe we'll even have the can of queens on justine you know since we live together we could make a can of queens video without violating our uh social distancing norms so our um,
0: kitchen is not fit for a can of queens video
1: <laughs> okay well you know maybe, um, maybe some, no. some might know. disagree hey knowledge is knowledge justine <laughs> so true, uh, <laughs> true. i am here
0: I'm, to educate the public
1: yeah so i'm i'm just playing around but uh uh, if you want to check us out on YouTube, it's just Chilinois. Um You can check us out. Just search up Chillinoy and you should find us. We've got a couple videos. Nothing too crazy right now, but in the future we'll have more. Um, if you want to check us out on Instagram, uh, it's just at Chilanoi Podcast. And if you want to check us out on Twitter, it's at Chilanoi State. Um, you can email me if you want to reach out to me. Uh, my personal email is chilly at chillinois.net, that's C-H-I-L-L-I, at chillinois.net. And um, if you want to leave us a voicemail um, or, or just write the podcast in general, um, if you go to chillinois.net slash podcast, that's illinois.net slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T, um, and just scroll down and click the Be Heard button. And uh, from there, you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text, um, or you can just write us an email. And I have exchanged texts with a few of our listeners, um, and we're working on uh, maybe having one of our listeners contribute something, Um, something to listen to in the future. Um, We're working on getting um, a doctor on uh, that has certified patients for the medical cannabis program, so I just want to talk to him about um you know his perspective on medical cannabis and we've also got a few other guests that we're working on bringing on so it's really exciting justine just a reminder we've got a phone call with that guest not the doctor but uh, one of the guests that we're bringing on uh, cannabis industry insider um it's my
0: buddy you guys i
1: just edit yeah i just edited that out of the podcast (laughs) because it is a surprise for the people it's a cannabis industry insider and we're going to leave it at that (laughs) so i'm sorry um all right well that's all we have uh for this week um thank you for listening to the chillinois podcast and we hope to have another episode out for you guys very soon so signing off i am cole
0: i'm justine
1: thanks for listening